Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And we are the Lazy Book Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never-ending to-be-read piles. Uh, today's episode is another reading update because we're reading because <laughs> we've been reading like this. We haven't do so many of these to keep we're gonna up. We're going to have to rebrand. I know. But Although I always feel lazy because I'm never getting through my TBR. Yeah, I'm never like reading as much as I want to. Yeah. Like, because I had like two books. I had one audio and one book book that I just like nearly finished, and I was desperately trying to finish them this week in time mm. for this episode. And I was like, no, I'm so mm. lazy. And it's like, no, these are like two books at once. Like, mm. I just like at the minute, I'm like, I just want to be able to be reading. I want to be reading more than is coming in. Yeah. Now, I want my TBR pile. Yeah, I want it to be balancing the other way. Yeah, like as in I'm reading more than I'm yeah. adding to it. Yeah, not, not mm. the current way, which is I'm reading hardly any. I'm <laughs> adding to it hundreds a day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, Kindle Unlimited has not has not helped me. It was stuff your Kindle day. Mm. I've got some good things in that. Yeah, and like all of the audiobooks and stuff mm. I've got. So what I've done on my Storygraph, follow us on Storygraph, by the way, because mm-hmm. we're both on Storygraph and Storygraph is called... Oh, I have so much Storygraph stuff to tell you later. Um, okay. So I'm a Storygraph librarian, which is a volunteer librarian. Yeah. So I can edit books add them I can do tickets when people have issues with story graph and, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, and we had a, a discord call with the creator of story graph right um, and she was firstly I knew it was started by one person but I didn't realize she was still just a sole developer oh my god. she doesn't have a development team even now it's, it's just, just her. her yeah oh my god and she is amazing um but yes yeah, so she was giving us some little snippets of what's coming up <laughs> Abandon Goodreads, guys. Go yeah, to Storygraph. It's, it's so much a nicer your app. Stuff yeah. yeah, so anyway, on Storygraph, you can do tags, which is kind of like bookshelves from Goodreads. Mm. Yeah. And I've put in all my Audible books and everything as a separate tag, so I remember. Yeah. They're on your TBR, girl. <laughs> Read them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got, got loads. tags now. Oh, my goodness. I've got 62 tags. Yeah. I mean, the only tags I've got is ones I've done for our episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got loads of things in my Audible wish list at the moment. But I think um, with my work being what it is currently, I'll get through them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> or if I get scribed, scrib, scribe. Scrib, scribe. Scrib. And the other scrib, one. Scribe. Scrib, scribe. Scrib, scribe. Scrib, yeah. Go to Lazy Book Lovers. Um, it's a Beacons, I think, isn't it? The link in bio thing. Mm. Go on there, and I will put a link for Scribd. I might potentially have one for Libro FM. Give them both a try. I think you get mm. a month for Libro and two months for Scribd, and then I just get like a month in return. So give it a try, and then if you don't like it, you don't have to continue. But it's worth mm. the trial. You have paid no money. Yeah. All right. So did you want to go first? You go first. Uh, (laughs) I'm not actually sure. Did I I remember if I talked about this? I finished Caravel. Was that? Oh, you literally had like 30 pages or something. It was like you were trying to finish it for the episode. Okay, I think I was around halfway actually. Oh, yeah, something like that. So, a nice long bath and finished the (laughs) fuck And. Mm. Would you reread? No. 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 
And now, again, like, recipe of this book, all the things put together, we've got a magical carnival thing, a magical man, there's gods of destiny, there's all sorts of shit going on, we've got, like, morally grey romances, we've got slow burn, we've got all the ingredients, there's magic, that should equal Tony Fun Time. Mm-hmm. Found them really hard to get through. Yeah. Like, they were real... books should have just been... Yeah, I should have just, like, consumed them, and it was actually, like, a... When I was physically reading it, I was enjoying myself, but I found it very easy to put the book down. Mm. Like, it was never like, oh, I'm trying to stay awake so I can read this. It was like, as soon as I felt stuck, feel sleepy, I was like, done, done. Yeah. Um, which is why it took me so long to read. Yeah. So I did, I just did one, I did a really long bath where everyone was out, and I was like, right, I'm in here so I can I'm finish this. Yeah. <laughs> um, the ending's okay. The ending wraps things up quite nicely. I found. The conclusion to Scarlet's story, without spoilers, a little bit contrived is the only way I can explain it. It's just very 2010s fantasy, I guess. Which is? Is, is the era it yeah. is. Um, Donatella's ending was better, I think. Um, yeah. I feel like they defeated the big bad too easily. It was like insurmountable odds and then suddenly fixed in the space of like five pages mm. I did not like that it didn't feel it didn't feel after all three books build up the climactic ending did not feel climactic enough it just I don't know it might be on those series because mm. there's quite a lot of series that I think like it's too too much time has passed mm. for me to read it now not that the series like I think sometimes it's so of its time. Yeah. That not in a negative way, but if you didn't read it at the time, no. like you'll have read more modern stuff, which kind of puts it to shame a little bit. I don't, like your expectations yeah. are different. Yeah, it's of, you know, it's a 300 year old man dating a 16 year old. Yeah, I'm um, just a little tangent. I'm mm. reading on my bookshelves because mm. my daughter has started crawling, so I have to move my books up. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to redo them all, which is why I have so many tags on net, um, net, on Storygraph, yeah. because I'm putting every book I own on Storygraph, so I have yeah, yeah, a total yeah. of them all. Um, I did, and so I'm trying to work out how to do them. I was like, should I do them alphabetically, genre, mm. blah, blah, I'm doing them by vibes, right? And I realised... <laughs> That's what mine have done. Yeah, and I realised I put all the crime with, like, the paranormal, and I was like, why yeah. did I put them together? And I was like, oh, the 100-year-old man and the 12-year-old, that's the crime. Yeah, that's why I put them together. They've got the same vibe. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Twilight, you go with the crime section. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they're like obsessed with her, and it's like she's like super special, but there's like nothing really all that special. She's a self insert, I'm guessing. A bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you're a fan of the author, they're worth reading. If you're trying to read some of the that era of fantasy, they are worth reading. Um, I do think they are overhyped on TikTok. And there's like you can find lots of fucking merch for them, and I never felt like this moment of like connection to any of the quotes from it. Mm. I mean, you find you can find loads of like quote merch on Etsy, and like, and Tony is like the perfect person oh, to yeah. get attached to these quotes and buy stuff. Yeah, 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 it. really feel like, like emotionally attached and buy tat. That is yeah. me. Yeah, like usually once I've read a book series, I will go and buy some some yeah. something. 
from I'll go on Etsy and have a little peruse. But this wasn't even, I wasn't even looking for it. I was looking at other stuff and this store had a bunch of Caravel stuff. And I was like, I wouldn't have even picked that out as a quote to remember. Yeah. Both the romances are kind of eh, like they fall in love way too quickly and there's no build and it's like slow burn but not because they're like immediately in love and it's just like and then there's lots of like I don't love him like but you clearly fucking do like you're like you know giving up some it's just like giving up something monumental for him and then being like but I don't love him like fuck off <laughs> um yeah who are you lying to <laughs> who are you like if I had read this as a teenager I think I would have liked it um but some of it just felt a little Contrived as anyone, I can like, or shallow, yeah. or yeah, you know the girls. The girls are like, you know, very like Donatella's like adventurous and wild, and she's full of life. Yeah. And then Scarlet's like meek and mild, and you know, and she grows a backbone through the series, and she's a lot more introverted than Donatella is. And it's just like, is they're very archetyped in those kind of things, and their journey arc really is the introverted one getting over herself or believing in herself. I'm intrigued. I would be intrigued for you to read the most recent series that she's mm. writing, the Once Upon a Broken Heart. Okay, that's in there. I've mm. got them. Um, but I want to read Carol first because I feel like there's quite going to be quite a difference in writing and I don't want to read them mm. if I love them and then go to Carol. Mm. I feel like that was a wrong way. Around. I think I think you would enjoy Caravel because a lot of the new the magic is quite kind of like never fully explained. It's Do very you enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, plotlessy kind of magic. Mm. Like it's just vibes magic mostly. Just vibes. <laughs> just the vibes. It's just the vibes. <laughs> uh, you can play a drinking game with our podcast of like how many times we say that per episode. Have we done an episode where it's just vibes with uh, suggestions? No, we might have to but if you listen to the Dark Academia one, you can listen That's to the vibes. At least say the word vibes about a thousand times. It's just the vibes. It's just the vibe. So yeah, I finished Caravel. That's my first one. Ticked off your list at least. Done. Uh, I don't even think I'll keep the books, you know? So if you want them. Yeah, because I've only got the first one and I do intend on reading them. Yeah, do you want them? Yeah, go on then, please, if you don't cool. want them. I'll some space. So weird. Yeah, I bet you've already got books to go in that space, haven't you? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Already so. Yeah, probably. Um, okay, so I am going to put um, Free Together. Alright. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I just got a message of my baby on the trampoline and I've been saying she's too little to go on there. Oh, daddy's going rogue. <laughs> so rogue. My son keeps asking for her to go on the trampoline with him. And I was like, no, it's dangerous. And he was like, I'll zip up the door. And I was like, no. <laughs> you cannot bounce my baby I in like, the air. I jump on it because she like break an arm or something. And he was like, I'll make sure the door, the door zipped up. The door. <laughs> That's quite cute though. She just wants to play with his baby super. I love the so much. Okay, right. So um, I, <laughs> ages ago, I listened to the first book in this, series so I think there's like five of them and I did kind of love it I started collecting the books when I saw mm. them in charity shops then I decided ah I probably won't reread them got rid of them and now I've decided I'm going to reread them so typical um, it's the Stag series mm. by M.A. Bennett I may have even listened to the first one when we were doing Show the podcast 
So the first one's called Stags, whatever that is. Okay. And the second one's called Dogs. Oh, oh you've upset story there. No scrolling for you. There you no. go. The second one's called Dogs. Okay. And the third one's called Foxes. And I've not done the next one, which I believe... I will actually look up what it's called. Oh. So it's Stags, Dogs, Foxes, Hawks and Tigers, or Tigers than hawks okay so it's ya mystery which we all know yep is my jam you like a bit of ya mystery yeah so this follows um our main protagonist who is called not stevie (laughs) that's from the other one um greer um she goes to a elite prep boarding school okay. she gets a scholarship there and so we all know i love a bit of boarding school oh my gosh yeah yeah mystery why mystery set in a boarding school it's just right all, the vibes. all the vibes all the vibes <laughs> <laughs> um and um so she's really struggling to fit in because she's not of wealth um and all the other kids are very privileged, very old money. He laughed out of wealth. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. The way you said that just tickled me. <laughs> She's not of wealth. wealth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's not been like getting along with anyone. She, her mum, left, died, left, left when she was like a Divorced baby. Yeah. <laughs> left when she was a baby. She's been raised by her dad. Her dad is a nature documentary filmmaker. Do you know why you're looking at me for confirmation? Mm. Because I have not read. Um, so he has gone to record uh, walruses or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, he's gone away. So she's gone to this elite school. Mm. She's got a scholarship. She's very smart. Very smart. She gets invited by um, Henry D. Wallencourt, who is like the wealthiest of the mm. wealth. Um, to his house for it says autumn end of autumn term it's called like something because it's like old school wealth they're like mm. have silly names for them it's like uh, justitium break or something yeah, like yeah, you know yeah, like, yeah. it's not christmas break it's like michaelmas break yeah 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 kind of shit. um so in the breaks the the half terms he tends to have people to his country property um and blah blah mm. and it's like considered a big thing to get invited mm. so she gets invited this one time okay. for hunting shooting fishing without the g's it's just at the middle hunting hunting and she's like oh that's amazing that i got invited do, 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 do. and then it turns out mm, not a spoiler because it's in the synopsis uh, Greer comes to the horrifying realisation that those being hunted are not wild game, but the very misfits Henry has brought with him from school. Oh. Wait, so has there been a history of the misfits disappearing? Or they just go to this and they come back traumatised and no one talks yeah. about it? Okay, alright. No one ever talks about it. There has okay. been a couple of deaths. Okay. Yeah, so um, traditionally three misfits get invited. Hunting, mm. shooting, fishing, um, and then so it's Ooh, a it's a series based around that. The second book is obviously the following. Mm. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. Mm. I, I don't know why I decided I would never 
reread them because they're brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm going to have to source the books again. <laughs> uh, what's that film where they're all in a manor and she gets married and then it's like this hunting game? Um, just to survive ready or it. not? Oh, it just reminds me of that, that kind of vibes. Who is that? So really, so, so, the, the women actress in it is like yes. really famous. We don't have brains. No. Ready or Not, I love that film. Mm. I think it's called Ready or Not. Um, yeah, it's called Ready or Not. And she is called um, Samara Weaving, that's it. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. That's a really good film. That's a really good film. That yeah. one's like the ending. thriller, but it's the just ending's great. brilliant. It's, it just yeah. surpasses all expectations. Yeah. I love yeah. it, yeah. It's that not was... the ending I thought it was going to have, and it was perfect. You know my friend's ex-male friend? Mm-hmm. That one. He was the one that made us watch that, and usually his recommendations were a bit iffy. Yeah. And then I was like genuinely quite surprised that yeah, I enjoyed that one. Really yeah. I'm yeah. sure it was him who made us watch it. A really fun. Yeah. Film. Mm. Yeah, it was good. That's what it reminds me of. All right. Me? Go for it, yeah. So this is, yeah, I finished a few series. This is it. This is series uh, I. Series <laughs> I. Uh, the Shadow Glass, The Bone Witch, book three by Ringe Pecco. They're all on Unlimited. Yes, um, yeah. um, Kindle. You, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus. Oh my god, we can't wear this today. No, what is worse? Audible Plus catalogue. Mm. Um, I think I have mispronounced his name in previous podcasts as well. It's Ringe Pecco, and I think I might have called him Shapiro. And that is just because I didn't read it properly. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, it's very clearly a song story. Uh, okay. So, you know I said I listened to this series once before and I don't remember the ending, mm-hmm. uh, or I didn't understand the ending. I think it's because I never listened <laughs> to the ending. <laughs> That's such a I think I so. must have dropped off and not realised. Like, mm-hmm. I never finished it, but I thought I did. Mm. And this is before I used to track my audiobook, so this is probably why I didn't realise that I hadn't finished this book. <laughs> So I was like, the ending, I was like, I don't remember any of this. Mm. The ending was good. Mm. Um, and you, so you would have remembered it? Yeah. Mm. Like, the end, like, the really satisfying little, like, <laughs> mm, how it ties it all up. So the whole way through books... Oh, God. One second. Oh, guys, I need hands to talk about this. Um, right, so books one to three are... Two different timelines. I'm demonstrating with hands, even though you guys cannot see me. <laughs> and I'm mimicking. <laughs> so we're like, we're in the future with like present events of like what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a series of flashbacks, which is like supposed to be Tia telling her story to this bard. Or it's like the bard retelling it as him. Okay. So in the first book, we meet the bard. It's the bard, she gets, she brings the bard to the beach. And she's like, you're going to tell my story, basically. And he's like, okay, but you're like, some scary bone witch. You've done bad <laughs> things. And she's like, I haven't done the bad things. And I'm going to tell you the truth. But I am a bone witch. <laughs> do, you, do you stand behind that? I do. Okay. <laughs> I stand behind it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it switches between, like, whenever we're in the past, we're in Tia's voice. Whenever we're in the present, it's the bard telling the events of what Tia is doing. Mm-hmm. in the present okay. uh, so in the past it's like Tia kind of learning about the corruption of the, the elders that are in charge of her type of people um, and the name they use for them and this book is just completely pinned down my brain more important magical people it's quite corrupt it turns out and she's like digging into that corruption there's 
a type of dark magic which she can access as a bone witch. Um, but she's told that it's the dark rot, it's bad, you can't, you know, there's things you shouldn't do with it. And so it turns out there's all these very helpful spells that have been hidden from her by these elders because of a very old story. So there's a story of how magic came to be in the world and how Deva, which are like demons that bone witches only can put down, mm-hmm. the story of how that came about has been twisted over time so that the a certain person appears to be a hero, but actually it's their fault that the things that are wrong in their world right now. It's so like Bone Witch is putting down Deva, it takes a bit of their soul, basically. It kills them slowly. More Bone Witches die early, or they succumb to the dark rot, which is like the bad side of the dark magic that you can't come back from that kills you. Mm-hmm. So you can you can use dark magic, but don't let it consume you, and then you won't die. But as soon as it starts to rot you, that's it, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Um... But there's loads of ways to stop that happening which have been hidden from dark witches and all because of this twisted tale was used to justify it. So their ancestor, the ancestor of the dark magic has been made the villain in the story and they're not. And so it's all kind of, it's all like myths and legends and it's kind of hard to explain it coherently. You'd have to like, because it doesn't get explained. It's drawn out over three books. I like that. Yeah. So it's like breadcrumbs of like her past as she's slowly discovering the corruption and then they're discovering proof that the story they've been told is wrong. And there are people that are the enemy of her type of magical people, called the Faceless. I don't know why I remember their names and not theirs, but anyway. Um, and they're told the Faceless magic's evil. And then she's finding a lot of the Faceless magics that could help people if used differently. Um, mm, so it's like the way you use it. Yeah, and then really the conclusion she comes to is to stop all this corruption, to stop all the evil in their world, would be to basically get rid of magic and heart's glass. So everyone has a heart's glass. I remember you talking So about their this. soul yeah. is kind of encased in a glass and is visible. So you can diagnose illnesses from it, you can see emotions, all kinds of stuff. And people do live longer with heart's glass, but there's a lot of issues as a result of it and lots of inequality. Yeah. Um... And lots of corruption with the magical people and like with the rich. So if the if the heart's glass gets damaged, it's okay. Does you it don't like lose yourself. Oh, okay, okay. No, it's like you can get another holder and they just draw the rune again and your heart's glass gets rebuilt. Oh, uh, okay. So it's not like you're a part of your actual heart. It's like no. a reflection. Of yeah, it yeah, thing. kind of thing. It's like a it's like a putting your soul out there. Okay. Um, I don't. I think we fully explain the magic of the heart's glasses anyway, but it's tied up in this original legend of how magic came to be and the Deva came to be, mm-hmm. the reason they use heart's glass. And she just basically works out that the only way to fix everything is to get rid of all of it. Yeah. Burn it all to the ground. Yeah. Much but, like what we should do with But the, the problem is, with her dark magic, she raised her brother from the dead, and if magic goes, he dies. So her whole thing, she's trying to find a solution to keep him alive and then get rid of magic. So this is what you you piece together over the books. It's, it's been her goal. Yeah. And there's some things she has to do, which her brother disapproves of. And he's like, no, don't do it for me. Don't do this. Because um, it will kill her, what she's doing. It will kill her. Um, and he's like, don't swap my life for yours. And yeah. she's like, it's not just your life. Like, if I go through with this, I save hundreds of lives. I save every dark witch who's going to come after me. Who would have to put down Dava and die early. Sorry. A little pick up there. That made me sound like I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah the ending's really satisfying and then there's this little i don't know how to so there's this story you get for she meets like there's also a romance background to this mm-hmm. and taya also like revives her lover from the dead so you find out there's a point where he dies and she brings him back which is not a spoiler because he brings him back in the first book so you know all along he's gonna die but we don't get to the point where he dies which is the turning point until like well towards the end of book three so the stories you really don't get the point where there's two tales meet back up Mm. until the end but it's not contrived it's not drawn out like it's done really really well the first time i've ever read a book of flashbacks that i liked it I was gonna say, like, does it does it flow well? Oh my god, flows so well. No, Mm. and like, because the the past is all in Tia's voice, and current is all told by the bard, and they different actors, like different yeah, different voices. So it's a male narrator because this was an audio. I don't know if I made that clear. Uh, Yeah, Um, because we mentioned it was on the plus catalog. And like, there's a point where the bard isn't with Tia while she's doing her things. And he's actually with her brother and like some kings and queens who are trying to piece together what Tia's doing. Um, someone very close to them has been corrupted and she won't tell them who it is until then. And then when you find the person behind all the bad things that has been happening, all the corruption. Did you have a jaw drop in there? The person who's close to them who did it. did not fucking see it coming, but in a good way, mm. not in a bad writing kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The moment it's revealed, it's just like, oh, it's so good. And the story she tells all along is like her and her and her partner, whenever they're going through these terrible times that Tia goes through to get to the point where she's like, I want to bin all magic. Bin, bin. She goes through a lot of fucking terrible things in the meantime. Um, and they have this story of like, we're going to run away together and we're going to live on a little beach. Um... And they tell this story throughout. And then right at the end, the bard is looking at a statue of Tia in the capital. Her brother is not married to the queen. He gets married to her in the like, second book, so that's not a spoiler. And the romance starts in the first book, so yeah. He's married to the empress. Um, and he's, like, carrying on her legacy. He's the one that built the statue of her. So the bard's looking at a statue of her. And this couple comes up to him and says, um, Oh, we just came to see the statue before we leave. We're going to get a little nice house by the sea, have a few kids. And then that couple just leaves. And you think Tay is dead. And she never tells you who they are or if that's them or like, but I was at the gym and I heard that bit and it was like, <gasps> it was, ah, oh, yeah. It's really that's good. Funny. It's a really good book. Totally recommend. Mm. I was very mm. happy with the ending. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. Yes. You look so like... Energised yeah. right now, yeah. <laughs> so changing tone, <laughs> as always. No, I could do one with a similar. No, I'm going to nah, change nah. it. Just, um, I read The Ruins by Scott mm-hmm. Smith, which is a book I've had on my TBR for quite a while because it um has a movie adaptation, and I try not to watch films before I read the books. Which, and I watch horror films, so it means that there's a lot of horror films I've not mm. seen that I really want yeah. to watch, but I'm being a dick about it. Um, <laughs> I wanted to watch The Ruins, and then I found out there was a book, so I decided I'm not going to watch it until I read the book. Anyway, I read the book as part of a book club mm. last month, um, so we read it together, and then afterwards we watched a film together, which oh, was really, really cute. fun. It's the first time I've done a watch party, and it was really good. And the film was trash 
Oh, no. It was so shit. <laughs> and I, hate I was that. like, oh, I'm glad I read the book first because I wouldn't have read the book if I'd just watched the film. And mm. um, it was like, I don't mind B movies. I yeah. enjoy them. But this was just shit. Aww. Yeah. Like, you know, the film from My Best Friend's Exorcism. Oh, yeah, like, I've not seen the film because everyone's telling me it's bad and I like the book. So I, mm. I might watch it one day, but it's not not on my list of yeah. ones that I should need to get to yeah. anytime soon. You know, I'm more, much more interested in finally watching The Shining, but I've got to read the book first. <laughs> um, or watching fucking Shadow and Bone. Oh, no, or I know watching that's Shadow horror. and Bone. <laughs> <laughs> the new series comes out soon. One came out in March. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, The Ruins. <laughs> um, it's a... I'll read what it says here. Yeah. An awesome thriller wrapped in a mystery of, an anci- of the ancient Maya. A page turner that delivers. So, craving an adventure um, to wake them from their lethargic Mexican holiday before they return home, four friends set off in search of one of their own, travel to the interior to investigate an archaeological dig <laughs> in the Mayan ruins. After a long journey into the jungle, the group come across a partly camouflaged trail and a captivating hillside covered with red flowers. Lured by these, the group move close up until they happen across a gun-toting Mayan, Mayan horseman who orders them away. In the midst of the confrontation, one of the group steps inadvertently backwards onto the flower and vine, and at that moment, their world changes forever. So, and I thought this was, like, published, I don't know, in, like, the 90s or early 2000s. Yeah. Well, it it was published in, like, 2006. I don't know, I thought it was a lot earlier than that for some reason. Um, I think because it has, like, that trade paperback mass, mass... massive market cover that makes yeah. me think I don't know yeah, you know okay. um so basically they tread on these vines mm. and then so the Mayans because there's a guy on the horseback but there's actually more of them um so they push them onto the hill and then they won't let them off the hill okay yeah and then um the vines are like basically kind of carnivorous um but it's more a story of uh, survival, like how okay. this, like, so it's really slow built. It's like nearly 600 pages. It, oh, wow, it's a long one. It's you. a long one. It's really slow paced. It's really built well. There's like so much to it of like, they need to work out how they can find water because yeah. they're in Mexico. They need to find out how they're going to find food. They can't get off the hill. Um, because all the Mayans are, um, that the Mayan tribe that there, um, are all around the hill, they all have weapons, they're like mm. camping out to make sure they don't leave the hill. One of their party gets injured, so then they're trying to deal with, he's got an injury and they've only got like yeah. a, shh, I'm talking. <laughs> and they've only got like, um, a small little, um, medical bag yeah, you know yeah, so it's yeah, just really kit. really good yeah yeah so whilst it is about these vines that ultimately want to eat them it's so much more to okay. it okay and there's like serious body horror which was do really they good. like betray each other and shit as they go or they actually don't okay the vines are really good though so the vines um you find out it's such a big book, I wouldn't say this is a spoiler. The vines can, like, mimic sounds. <gasps> oh! So, um... I hate them for that. Yeah, so the vines try and turn them against each other by making them hear conversations that aren't happening, and they mimic the Ugh, voices. I just gave you goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> and they, um... Like, 
there's a well and they keep hearing a phone ringing down there and they could, mm. none of them have signal and they're like well that phone has signal because it keeps ringing and it turns out to be the flowers of the vines <gasps> making a ringing sound and um, when they're getting really hungry the vines start um giving off um the smell of freshly baked bread it's so psychological oh it's my really gosh. really good oh it was that so, good. so good and the film just lost all of that nuance and just oh. turned into a really really shit b-horror and oh. it was just and it wasn't even a good b-horror because the the i was like i don't mind if you're gonna cut all the nuance out as long as you make it gory but they didn't yeah. make it gory so okay. yeah there's people running around away from vines yeah and it's like in the film it happens in the course of one night so they don't have any of the like oh the how we can find food yeah, yeah. and water and da 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 yeah okay yeah it was oh yeah really really good yeah, yeah. The book, surprisingly good. I enjoyed it so much is, more is than I thought. Is it a spoiler thought. to say whether they make it or not? Um, they make it out? No. Okay. No, and it ends on... Um, no, yeah. Yeah. Right. Everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun. <laughs> but in the film... Yeah. I will spoiler the film, because the film's shit, so don't yeah. watch it. In a film, one of them gets away, and I was like, that's just bullshit. What, to tell the story or something about the film? Yeah, like, because she's infected with the vines. Like, that's why the mines don't let them leave, because when the vines, like, you breathe in the spores and stuff. Okay. I'm like, man, you dickhead. (laughs) You've just gone and infected everyone. Oh my god, they could make a second film, though, where, like, the vines are taking over the world. Yeah, under a different director, hopefully. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. That was fun. Girl with all the gifts, though. Oh. Is that a Spores horror? Because I really want to read a lot of Spores horror. So that, that one is, um, it's a biological, like, uh, Spore fungus mm. virus. I'm collecting some, some examples for Spore horror. So basically, you know the, the zombie ant virus thing in that David Attenborough documentary? Mm. Where they, like, get this spore that turns them into a zombie? It's like if that mutated and spread to humans and then basically the girl with all the gifts melanie the main character is a child born from the womb of an infected mother and like somehow for them they're not like the zombie of like the first generation infected they're not like them they're like half normal human half zombie this is uh, Tony's current read, by the way. No, the girl with oh. all the gifts isn't. Oh no, I'm looking. I figured yeah. that one. No, I'm just talking about it. Just oh, reminds yeah, me. Yeah, Go with all the no, gifts. No, that's the same yellow vibe. cover. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. What have you got for me? All right. So next up is so I did finish. I did talk about the first book in the Twisted series last time, but I hadn't finished it at that point. Can confirm, like the ending. Done. Uh, and then I read the second book in the series. These aren't short, by the way. No, they're like 300 pages. No, the 543 pages is the second book. Well, the other ones are 600. Have you physically got them? No. No, you're doing them on... Unlimited. Uh, yeah. They're all free on Unlimited. Yeah, no, I was watching someone on TikTok Live mm. last night and they literally got them down and said, why are they're these not... so much bigger than you think? Yeah, they're mm. all 500 plus, which I didn't quite clock. Yeah. They don't feel 500 plus, so I think that's like a, a win in the win column. A win is a win. A win is a win. So this book, they're all technically standalones, but it's basically with a group of friends, and it follows each of the friends. I've now finished the series. Um, so the first book is like one of the friends whose name I can't. Arthur. 
Um, and then the second book follows her friend Bridget, who just happens to be a princess of a made-up kingdom called Eldora. Wait, is it contemporary? Yeah. Oh. So it's like, it's like princess a princess diary types. Yeah, it's like a made-up European nation. We know she's a princess the whole time. So this. Wait, this, how old are they in this? So this, this they're in their late twenties, but they all met in college. Okay, okay. So these all people became friends in college. So at Arba's story, she's literally just finishing her last semester. Mm-hmm. The four friends, they're all finishing college, and Arba's story, love story happens in the final year of her college. Okay. Their, their year of college. They've always known that when Bridget graduates, she's the best to go back to being a princess. This is quite a prestigious American university where it's not unusual so for schooling royalty. in America. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it's not unusual for like royalty and very well off people mm-hmm. and like oligarchs all send their kids to this. I don't know if it's a real Thayer University. I think it's made up, but it's like a prestigious American university. So for them, it's very everyday to have celebrities, kids, and royalty and like stuff. So it's not a big deal that their friend's a princess. Yeah. She has a bodyguard with her at all times called Booth, and they all like become friends with Booth and like. He has to be there for a lot of their girly nights out, just in the distance. Just there. Yeah. Um, and then her bodyguard, who happens to have a wife back in Eldora, and somehow gets that wife pregnant despite his charge being in America. Um, I'm not saying they should do a paternity, but... Um, so he's He's giving those military yeah. wives <laughs> to get pregnant when their partner's been in service for like two years. Yeah. Uh, so... He's going on his paternity leave. He's going back to Eldora. He doesn't intend to keep doing her bodyguarding when she's out of the country. He's just going to be his her bodyguard when she's in the country. Mm-hmm. So she gets assigned this new bodyguard. He's looks to be very experienced. I bet he is. And then he rocks up and he's just a complete dick. He's really hot. So the first thought is like, fuck, he's hot. And the next bit, he opens his mouth and she's just like, ah, oh, fuck you. He's like, your house is unsafe. The security here is abysmal. Like, who approved this? She's like, no one. It's my fucking house. He's like, you have to move. And she's like, no. How about no? How about no? And that's how they're... So they're that is happening just at the end of Arba's story. Okay. At the end of their college time. She graduates college and then she finds a way to stay in America as an ambassador for her European nation and moves to New York. So it follows from there onwards and it kind of like covers the years in New York very briefly. But through this whole time, she has her new bodyguard, whose name I'm going to have to go check. Hold on. Is her new bodyguard the love interest? Oh, how did chance. you guess? <laughs> um, are they not going to say his name in the summary? That feels like a conflict Reese. of interest. His name is Reese. Well, this is why it's slow burn. It's okay. He's very much like, I'm a professional, I'm not doing this. Like, no. And they hate each other for years. And then they sort of become like a grudging truce over time because the climax of Arba's story, the reason she's able to get like... You're a mother. (laughs) You're a mother! (laughs) (laughs) So when the end of Arba's story, when she gets like kidnapped and the big moment happens, the reason they get kidnapped is because Bridget convinces, sneaks out without her bodyguard to go to a concert and then they both get abducted and the reason they're saved is because Reese, the bodyguard finds her Mm. and she's like okay you might have a point I might need to take my safety more seriously even though we weren't kidnapped (laughs) okay we weren't kidnapped for me weren't kidnapped because I'm a princess we kidnapped because my friend's boyfriend's a psycho 
But but it shouldn't have been that easy to kidnap. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, if you knew where we were, that probably wouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, so she's like, okay, fine, I'll listen to your rules. So they kind of come to a bit of a truce over the years. Um, and he sees how lonely she is in her role as a princess. Whatever his name. But she's never, ever meant to rule Eldora because she's got an older brother who's been groomed for the throne his whole life. And I'm sure life's not lonely for him just being a bodyguard in mm. another country. Well, he's like, he's quite, the thing is that he's quite open about He's got CPTSD from his time in the army. He did some quite terrible things in the army that he feels like there's, he's dirty. He's like, there's blood on my hands. And she's this pure, beautiful princess. And he's like, I can't act on my feelings for her. Like, when their feelings start to change, mm. he's like, I can't act on it because I'm just, I'm just going to impurify her. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is like, ugh, don't like, I don't, Sorry, I just want to be don't like that language necessarily, but anyway. No. And then basically, her brother, I went right off him when you said he was ex military. I'm not gonna lie, I was like, ugh. Unless it's like, national service has to happen, then you don't, you don't know. know. He's ex American military. He's that, American. No, she's Eldoran. No, then, no. Yeah. Get in the bin. Uh, and then her brother abdicates the throne in for to marry a flight attendant that he fell in love with. So she's like, okay, I was never supposed to rule. And so they then they go to Eldora and she's like, fuck, I've got to be fucking does queen. Does Reese go with her? Yeah. Then? Yeah. Why is that American following her? She's got food. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. <laughs> I'm asking all these questions. And you're like, listen, hold up, I'm explaining. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, also has his own personal beef with the country of Eldora. His father was Eldoran, got his mother pregnant with the promise of I'm going to bring you to Eldora, I'm going to marry you, and then did none of that, abandoned them, and then his mother was abusive. So that's Reese's like, tragic backstory TM. So he gets into the army to escape his, escape his, where he came from. His mother dies from an overdose. And then he's like, I'm going to go back to Eldora. So then, well, he, so he refuses. So at first, when she goes back to Eldora to be queen, he's like, okay, I can't do this. And like, I'm, I've got feelings for you, it's unprofessional. So he's like, I'm going to, step back and then they before so they in the countdown to her being queen she has a bucket list of things she wants to do while she's still free before they make the public announcement that she's now taking over the throne so is everyone chill about her brother doing that or no, it's a big deal her grandfather the current king is very poorly um and this exacerbates like the stress of this exacerbates things mm-hmm. um his brother's been her brother's been groomed his whole life to be king and then she's just been able to be like wild and there's a representation of her in Eldora Media as this wild party girl who fucked off to America and doesn't care about her Eldoran values the new Prince Harry yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I think that's what she was she's very much playing is lots of like the rules and etiquette the royal Eldoran family have to follow very much familiar to like if you're familiar with any British like royal politics yeah. Um, but then he, it's like, misses her, so he decides to see if he can get his contract back with her, and she somehow convinces her people to keep him on, as well as their usual Eldoran security detail. So then we have Booth and Reese, and Reese is like her personal bodyguard, and Booth is like second personal bodyguard, and he like, and then, um, yeah, so on the weekend before she becomes queen, he takes her away to take off some of her bucket list, and one of them is have a one night stand. And he's like, okay, um, we shouldn't cross that line. However, I'm going to go take you upstairs and do stuff with you. Is that cool? And she's like, yeah, fine. that's fine with me. Um, 
because the bucket assassin must have a mind-blowing orgasm with someone who doesn't care that I'm queen. <laughs> so he's like, it's like, I'm going to go fill that. <laughs> Off to work we go. <laughs> Skipping up the stairs. And um, does he fulfill that? Yes. And there's other bucket list items. She's like, go to somewhere where no one cares I'm queen and like just exist. And he takes us to some tiny city in Costa Rica um, where it turns out he has a, a, like a... Um, Holiday home he goes to all the time, so he knows it's completely secure and safe for her. So then, and then she gets to have a holiday where she doesn't have to do any queen duties. And that's so they tick off the bucket list, and they have this big moment. And then he's like, "Bye, I'm not coming with you to Eldora." And they have this big night together. And then, so then, it three weeks pass, and he's like, "Ah, I might have fucked up. I miss her." So then, he begins bodyguarding her again. And then, I I don't understand how you could just drop in that royal bodyguarding. Apparently you can. Like, let's keep it realistic. Anna Hong, is that the person? Anna Hong? Hong? Yeah. Keep it realistic. This doesn't feel particularly... So it's an American com- country that... <laughs> he belongs to an American company that Eldora contract to use in the US. Mm-hmm. And then she convinces him to keep the contract, basically. And then they're around each other, and they like have all their attraction feelings, and that gets drawn out. But not in a bad way. And then they eventually give in to it. Uh, and then inevitably it leaks to the press. Yeah. But royal people are not allowed to marry non-royals. Oh, that's why her brother had to abdicate because mm-hmm. he fancied the button. And she's kind of faced with a choice of either I give up Reese or I repeal a 300-year-old law. So she does the law thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Is it a fun book? It's a good book. Yeah. Okay. The spicy scenes are great. Can recommend. We're not going to details for the sake of the person who edits this podcast. <laughs> Approved. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a good, it's a good book. In, I, in no way is this related, but it really makes me want to reread the selection series. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like again, I went into this series, like the twisted series, thinking they wouldn't be good, and they were surprisingly readable. I think like. When you have low expectations, things mm. can surpass them. Yeah. So. yeah. so, yeah, I really enjoyed the second thing series. You're going to hear about the rest soon. <laughs> okay, I read The Bridge Kingdom by Danielle L. Jensen. Tony has discussed this in detail in a previous reading. Did you get all the way to four? Did you get all the way to Endless War? No, I've just done Bridge Kingdom. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry. Just done Bridge Kingdom so far. I will do the rest. Right. Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. I, was I told just you like, you would. That was awesome. So, uh, Bridge Kingdom is the first in a four. four? Is it going to be more or is it stopped at four? I think she's left it open so she could come back to it, mm-hmm. but it's wrapped up. Um, And uh, I think it was indie to begin with, but now it's been picked up, hey? Um, but she, what she does, she exclusively publishes to Audible first for the first six months. There's no paperback, there's no Kindle, there's nothing. You can only have the audio for the first six months. And it's such a good... The audio is so well done. Yeah. It's yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so, uh, Lara has only had one thought for her husband on their wedding day. I will bring your kingdom to its knees. A princess trained from childhood to be a lethal spy, Lara knows that the British Kingdom represents both legendary evil and legendary promise. 
The only route for a storm-ravaged world, the Bridge Kingdom controls all trade and travel between lands, allowing its ruler to enrich himself and deprive his enemies, including Lara's homeland. So, Lara is um, raised, like, in the middle of nowhere with her, is it 11 sisters? Is there 12 of them in total? Yeah, 11 sisters, yeah. Um, and they are all princesses. Um, and the king, who is their dad, raises them to be basically lethal spies to fulfil a marriage contract with the Bridge Kingdom. He will send one of them to marry the prince of the Bridge Kingdom. With the intention of not letting the rest of them live. Yeah, yeah. And he will send one, the one he picks there, they will hopefully destroy the Bridge Kingdom from within and the king will but kill all the other sisters. They've been heavily indoctrinated their whole lives mm-hmm. to believe that Ithacana is evil. Ithacana is the reason Meridrina, their country, is starving. Mm-hmm. All, they've been heavily indoctrinated to believe that. They've never actually seen any of their no. own home country. But they've no. literally been brought up on like this, in this fortress desert. in the middle of the desert. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're very naive and mm. they've just been designed to be weapons. And Laura is. They are like tortured in yeah. order to become the best warriors possible. Yeah, who gave you these scars? Yeah. <gasps> and um, Lara is, um, w- isn't actually the one that was going to be selected, mm. but she finds out. That is a beef I have with the story, but okay. she finds out that they were going to be killed, the rest of them, so she carries out a plan so that all of her sisters appear to be dead and she gets picked and sent mm. off in the hope that her sisters can be free. There's a lot of Lara overhearing important information in the book. Yeah. Which is a bit annoying, but I didn't mind it. Mm. But it was a, a lot of what she finds out, a lot of important plot points she finds out just... Well, she's listening to people. She's a spy. She's a spy. So. But why do people have such important conversations just like la, people la, in the open la, doorway? La, la. Yeah. And like, she's like in the royal baths and she overhears a conversation. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, so she goes to the other kingdom um, and she discovers that all is not as it was sold to her by her dad. And like, and the enemies are not enemies yeah if has done a lot of things to actually prevent war breaking mm. out they're actually of, in a really they're stuck between like a rock and a half they have really. they also can't do any commerce of their own or like their own farming because yeah. of the land they live on so there's this, this myth that if is really rich and she finds out they're really not um that they're withholding goods and they're not and the reason meridrina is starving is not if fault right and um, um the king who she marries um, he has a sister who, like, they've become, like, unlikely kind of friends yeah. and just, yeah, it was really fun. At the end of it, I was like, ah, I need more! And I actually don't know why I didn't start the second book. Mm. I should have. They lead on. The first quick. two are Aaron and Laura's story. The second two are her brother, who you haven't met yet, you're going to meet in book two. Okay. It's the story of her brother and the empress of another nation, who you're going to meet too, as well in book two. And the, the storylines of book two and three overlap. They just you leave Arin and start, um, Lara's POV behind, and it carries on from their POV. But the storylines overlap a little, of yeah. the events of book two. 
I'm glad I listened to it as a... I've got the book as well, mm. so I kind of did both. But I mostly did audio, so I could listen to it mm. around the house. I would have pronounced him as Aaron. Mm. So I'm glad I listened to audio because I yes. like it was Aaron. Aaron. But yeah, so Lara and her sisters are not from the same mum, by the way. They're like... Yeah, so their the father has a is just a bit of a pervert. Yeah, he has a harem. Yeah. So she gets, like, taken away from her mum and never sees her and stuff. That's quite good. So you go to, in book two, you're in the Meridonian Kingdom. Mm. And you, like, you get to see the harem and, like, how it all works. And, like, the harem never forgets, basically, that you took our children. And it's like, oh, that's good. It's quite good for female, like, badassery. Um, and the King Aaron, um, he has a grandmother who mm. is quite funny. And she gave me vibes of... What's her name in um, Shadow and Bone? Mm, she gave me her, yeah. She gave me those vibes. She's quite funny. Like the the king comes, uh, her grandson, and yeah. she's just like, "Go sort my washing out. Go yeah. hang up my knickers on the yeah, line yeah, yeah. and stuff." Like, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't care if you're king. Yeah, and like all of his soldiers are just so used to it. Yeah, they're they're just like rolling their eyes and being like, "She just orders his soldiers to go and like do her laundry, do the mopping yeah. and stuff." Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and there's a lot of people who say he shouldn't trust Lara, which I'm not saying they're right, but... It takes um, Lara quite a long time to realise what she's been taught is wrong. And even at the point where she realises what she's been taught is wrong, she then takes certain actions to work on the information she's gathered that would be detrimental to the Bridge Kingdom. And then when she realises she's in the wrong, it's too late to fix it. Yeah, she tries to. Yeah, she I, does. I, it's a situation where if she'd just been honest, it would have been solved. Yeah. But communication, people. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, my, that was really fun. My next book. Ten out of ten recommend. And I think how many have I done? Wait, how many have I done in this episode? One, two, three. So my fourth book. Yeah. Uh, leads on quite nicely from what you're talking about because oh. I re- I listened to the Endless War, which is book. Uh, the fourth book in the Bridge Kingdom series. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> Tell us. Um, well, that's so spoiling I, anyway. Yeah, so this follows. I'm going to need to look up the uh, characters' names. Bear with me. It's Zara and it's the man's name. It's rare that we're forgetting. reading like the same series at the same time. That's cool. Um, Zara and Keris. So Keris is one of the sons of Lara's father's, like harem. I've only known Keris's girl's name. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, but Keris and Lara are full blood siblings, mm-hmm. whereas most of the rest of them are half sisters. Yeah, half brothers and sisters. And the system with Meridina is quite cutthroat. Basically, the eldest son is the one who sits on the throne, but all these sons below him try to kill him. Mm-hmm. And Keris has cultivated this reputation of this like lazy bookworm who can't fight. He decided quite a long time ago he didn't want to follow his father's quite violent footsteps. So he's cultivated this reputation of this layabout who goes to whorehouses and reads and like stuff. And none of that is technically true. Um, and you meet him in book two where, um, thingy. The, Lara? No, the dude. Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, Aaron yeah. Aaron. 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 Aaron meets him. And knows him as that persona. Mm. But then Keris helps him, but no one's really quite sure of his motivations. And then book three starts Keris' story just before the events of this book. Okay. He meets 
a prince that he meets a soldier, well, he thinks he's just a soldier of, oh, I'm not summarising this very well, and I can't remember what kingdom. I had all the kingdoms remembered. It's Meridrinia. Oh, Orthon. Mm. Sorry, guys. Brain fart. Basically, there is a bit of contested land between these two kingdoms, Karis's mm-hmm. kingdom and Zara's kingdom, and there's been an, uh, the endless war. It's just been this fighting over this bit of land, and it's cost thousands of soldiers' lives over time, forever, like for a very long time. Valcotta, Valcotta, thank you. Um, so she's Valcotton, and he is Meridrinian, and they meet each other, not knowing the other one is royal. They just think the other one's a soldier in the other one's army. And they get talking, and they get talking about how they feel about the Endless War, and both of them like, it's fucking pointless. And then, without really revealing to the other how important they are within their armies, they start working together to prevent civilian loss of life, basically. Uh-huh. So tipping the other off about a raid, tipping them off, and then they quite sneakily get away with it for quite a long time, preventing loss of life. Hmm. And while still appearing like the endless war is carrying on. Yeah. And this is where both of their, both of them are children of royals that are still in power. And then the events of book two happen. And through that, they discover, oh fuck, you're the royal child of the, um, my enemy. Mm. And we've fallen in love. Aww. What a shame. <laughs> um, and then the events of book two happen and in order to save lives and to save Zara specifically, Keris does some very dodgy fucking things that just turns out alright. He basically puts the entire nation of Ithacana at risk in order to save Zara. And I can't, well, I don't I can't, I, that, that's not spoiling it of what happens mm-hmm. in book two, but Keris makes a choice to save Zara over an entire kingdom of people. And it ends up being okay. And that's all I'll tell you. I'm not telling you how, but it ends up being alright. Um, and so then, book four starts after that huge betrayal he does. And mm-hmm. it backfires fucking massively because it reveals that Zara's been a traitor to her empress aunt. And the consequence of that is Zara is sent to prison. And that's the only way I can describe how we get to the... So the plot of this book is he is now very important. And he's like, I don't care about how important I am to Marajina. I want to go save my girl. Yeah. She's in prison and it's my fault. Um, and and, my girl. and it's about how he does that, the consequences, how, like, Ithacana and this new generation of royals want to stop the endless war for reals. Mm. And it's all about how they make that happen. And it's really good. The ending's really good. So I'm just looking at the story graph. There's a, a novella. Have you read that? No. 3.5, The Calm Before the Storm. No, unless it's been like... Put... It's a six bonus chapter from the viewpoint of Lara and Aaron. It takes place after the end of the Traitor Queen. That's not book three. And gives you a taste of where things are going for them. It's intended to be read after you finish the Inez Protest. That, but I'm gonna... oh, yeah, I wonder where you can get that then. Well, I hope it's on Unlimited. Yeah. Uh, 
Yes, I think if it is a conclusion to the series, it's very good. I think there is potential for her to carry on the story with other characters. That sounds good. Right, so that's my four books for this episode. Oh, we deliberately split our reading update in two, so it's going to be a part two there. Yes. Everything the Darkness Eats by Eric LaRocca. You know that guy that wrote the Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke and Other Misfortunes? Yeah. It's a really gory horror. Yeah, okay. yeah, so we're about to talk about some horror, some really gory horror. Um, <laughs> trigger warnings, potentially. Yeah, so the first two books he has are short story collections, and this is his first novel. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realise that going into it. I assumed it was a short story collection, but it's not. So I kept waiting for it to change, and it never did. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so um, the content warnings. Homophobia. Yeah. Violence, child death, death, excrement. Oh. Um, oh, excrement. Okay. Yeah, so this is his first novel. Alright. It was what I expected in terms of <laughs> gory and weird and kind of really good. <laughs> okay. okay. I don't know, he somehow manages to write these really, like, beautifully, even though they're really horrible subject matters um so this is uh based in like a small town in connecticut and there's a uh, like a string of um people disappearing um and it follows it follows a gentleman who has like it and i don't I can't remember it ever actually being explained either. Follows a gentleman who has, um, it's almost like an angel on his shoulder. It's like, there's a little essence that he can talk to. Okay. Um, so it follows him and he kind of gets wrapped up in this missing people thing by mistake. Mm. Um, and then there's also the police officer who is investigating it. He has recently moved to the town with his husband and they are very unwelcome due to them being gay. And so it's dual POV, and the police officer has some really horrid, horrible things happen to him through homophobia. A lot of sexual violence. Um, So seriously, trigger warnings on this case. And then the... um, and then the other guy, I wish I had had looked up their names. Hang on. I don't even think they're on here. No. And then the other guy with, like, the little angel thing, he gets wrapped up in it, and it's like, um, there's demons and devils, and it's kind of hard. You just kind of mm. have to read it, okay. really. But Eric LaRocca always, it's all very inspired by religion. Um, mm. From what I can gather from his acknowledgements and his other books, he's mum is a very religious person and he's grown up with a lot of religious trauma and as he is a um openly gay man i'm sure he also had a lot of trauma related to that and so he's obviously working through a lot through his writing and it's beautiful and fucked up okay if you like his other work try this out it is graphic it did make me have a couple of scenes where i was like I don't really want to read this and mm. I tend to enjoy horror and I quite enjoy body horror uh, no, you're pretty tough for body gore yeah tough tough, tough. 
but yeah, I okay. thought it was good. I don't really want to talk about it too much because okay. it's kind of gross and uh, I shouldn't subject that to anyone that has not approved those trigger warnings. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll really quickly. Yeah, go for it. Right, this is the third book in the Twisted series, Twisted Hate. Oh, yeah. I was looking for easy reading in the lead up to my holiday. Um, so this book follows Jules, who's the another girl in the friendship group, um, and Arthur's brother. Mm-hmm. They hate each other. Like, hate. Because Jules overhears him in the early days telling Anna not, um, Arthur not to be friends with him, with her. She's a bad influence. She's from the wrong side of the tracks. It's all of that her insecurities, basically, who brings them up to say you shouldn't be friends. Mm-hmm. And then they continue being best friends, and they just kind of, then, from then on, Jules and Josh have to, like, rub along on like, they hate each other. Um, and then... <laughs> and then she takes a summer job working at a clinic doing... Um, she's trained to be a lawyer. So while she's waiting for her bar results and to sit the bar and all that kind of stuff, um, at the end of her degree she takes a summer job at this clinic where josh also volunteers and they're like what's he he's a um qualified doctor okay so he's going through his residency but in his free time he then volunteers at the clinic so like objectively they're both good people they just hate each other and they've got lots of misconceptions about each other that they've got through this like lens of like i hate you Mm. and then they're working together and they're not getting on and they're they're like look this is professional setting we need to have a truce because he's there like you don't care about these people you're just at this clinic to make money and you're gonna go off to your fancy lawyer job and she's like whoa 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 not there he's like you're not even gonna try and she's like i'm fucking trying why am i even here mate yeah because it's not volunteer he volunteers and he somehow feels superior to her because he's volunteering his time and she's getting paid to be there but it's a summer internship that's just to cover rent hmm. till she does get her fancy lawyer job if she passes the bar um so they do a truce and like okay if we're gonna work here together we've got to be nice so like they they put insults and like certain comments they make about each other off the board um and through that they discover that each other isn't that bad oh and they have to hang out they're together while well, they're working on things to do with the clinic hang out together um and then basically a series of circumstances just keep throwing them together like Arva gets like a country thing in Vermont, which um, Alex, the posh rich boyfriend, is paying for. Alex betrays Josh also in the stories of Book One, in the events of Book One, mm. and Josh is like not over it. And like the last people he wants to go on holiday with is like the guy who betrayed him and the girl he hates. And then it's like, oh no, there's only one bed, one bed. Oh no, <laughs> you and Jules will have to sleep in the same bed, and they don't have any spexy time, but. There's lots of, like, she gets really bad period cramps. And he's just like, I'm a doctor. I'm not grossed out by periods. Like, tell me about it. So like, can I help? And he, he massages her stomach. And the bar is so low. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, shut up. It's a bodily function. I know about them. And he's like, I actually know where I can massage your abdomen. that might help with the cramps. And she's, like, in so much pain. She's like, just do it. Please. Um, and then he's, she's like, oh, I don't know how I feel about him being all cute and caring for me. Mm. And then the next day, when she's better, he's back to being like, I fucking hate you. Yeah. <laughs> That's better. And he's like, I'm not going to kick a wounded animal. What do you mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then they end up having hate sex one night. And then they're like, that was the best sex I've ever had. Do you want to keep having some 
angry sex. <laughs> no, it was basically not friends with benefits, they called it. Uh, but then people catch, start catching feelings, and he helps her out with a couple of things, and she helps him out through a couple of rough times, and suddenly they're texting all the time. And I like how they don't draw it out too much. There's just this moment where both of them are like, this is not... Like, he gets really jealous when you guys talk to her, and it's like, she, he's like, I can't be jealous, that's not fair. And he's like, I need to have a talk with her because I can't be behaving like this. Mm. So then they just, like, he, he's helping her out. Some events from Jules Path come kind of rear the ugly head because she's from a very poor background where she was has uh, experienced a lot of abuse and she got out. But in getting out, she did some dodgy shit and it comes to haunt her, basically. Mm. And she, like, doesn't want to tell him because there's a sex tape of her and it's just, she thinks it's going to confirm every horrible thing he said to Arva about her. Oh, because she's still... Got that in her head. So yeah, he thinks that way about. Yeah, her. and then when it when it she does some dodgy shit that it kind of betrays Josh a little, and then his whole thing is like he's been betrayed by everyone. His dad it sounds like the catalyst of everything going wrong. Yeah, like so his dad was abusing, like tried to kill his sister. That's in the books of event uh, books event book one. We find this out. Is that so? Josh is like everyone's betrayed me. Um, and then when Jules does it, he like completely overreacts. Even though she comes clean or, or she gets away with it. And then she decides, I love him, I can't, I've got to, like, come clean. Um, so there's, like, that's our third act, and it's understanding that it's not bad. Like, it's not a bad third act, it's like, really well written. Yeah. And, like, he says some nasty stuff, and Jules is just like, well, I'm not, that, that I've never seen that side of you, that's disgusting, like, no. Um, and then, yeah, they went, it's cute. It's cute. That sounds like it's been well thought through, and like then, all of their things. And then and they stuff. continue to bicker and make fun of each other all the time. So that dynamic doesn't change. Oh, it's now just, just how they love. are. So now yeah. they they keep they still insult each other all the time. But like that's just how they love have each a little other. kiss like afterwards. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. like that. That sounds good. So I also like that it's not like they magically overcome it. What's <laughs> your your fifth? That's me done. Okay. That's my, um, I'm doing, you're this doing one. five, I'm doing four. Oh, right, sorry. So. Right, there's a system I set up and I forgot it. We will see you next week for the second half of our books. Mm-hmm. Um, please, please rate us um, and leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast. It really helps if you leave a written review because that's what helps the algorithm push us so that we get recommended to new viewers. So if you don't know what to write, just write down your current read and we would love that as a review. Yep. Thank you. And follow us on social media. Um, and if you have any recommendations of indie authors or any books you want us to read or any suggestions for future episodes, please come to our website and there's loads of forms there that you can mm-hmm. fill out. Or DM us if you don't feel comfortable filling out forms on our website. That's also completely fine. And we will speak to you next week. Bye. Bye.